This episode and every episode of the Beer Guys Radio Show is brought to you by Ironmonger Brewing. Visit Ironmonger at their tap room in Marietta, Georgia, or online at ironmongerbrewing.com. Open up a tab, grab a seat, and pour a pint. It's time for the Beer Guys Radio Show. You want free beer? Go to the brewery. Dedicated to the art, science, and enjoyment of craft beer. Yo, what's wrong with the beer we got? Now, here are your hosts, Tim Dennis and Brian Hewitt. And welcome to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We are broadcasting from the Beer Guys Radio Studios, and this week, we're going to be talking to Cherry Street Brewing. I'm Tim Dennis, and with me, as always, is my good friend and co-host, Brian Hewitt. Hey, Tim. So joining us today, we have Ramsey Florence, the director of sales for Cherry Street Brewing. And we have DJ Jelly, the DJ pioneer of Southern hip hop music. And he, he's got a lot of names on that resume of his. Yeah, it's, it's, it's extensive. So we're going to talk about what he's been up to. But we're also going to talk about expansion when it comes to Cherry Street, Hazy IPAs, a new Flanders, and a festival of peppers. Guys, thanks for joining us. Hey, what's going on? I'm just admiring the uh, colors and graphics on this beer candle. But yeah. anyway, <laughs> yeah, thank you for having me. A yeah. lot of beer to be distracted by here. There is. There, Absolutely. we got beer all over the place. Guys, thanks. We appreciate you coming. Ramsey, old friend. Yes, great to be old back. Old friend of the show, now with Cherry Street. Mm-hmm. Out here uh, selling the goods, huh? Yeah. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. Yeah. You know, we're going to start off with some fun. Everybody's seen the Girl Scout and beer Girl Scout cookie and beer pairings that some breweries do, right? Been done a couple of times. It's been done. It's been done. We're going to do a spin on that. Brian went to our local Asian market. Yes. And they had all these Asian Kit Kats. And if you've ever seen, they do some really wild flavors here. So, Ramsey, we have a green tea matcha Kit Kat. We have one that they just say melon. I think it just says melon on it. Nondescript melon. And a strawberry chocolate. Mm -hmm. So... We want to know if we paired these Kit Kats with Cherry Street beers, what beers would they pair with? So let's start. I think the most mild one was probably the melon, wouldn't you Prob- say? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Let's, okay. let's go with that. Go, let's with just that. go with that. Okay. And you've tried them. Yes. You've tried them uh, there. Um, what beer pairs with a melon Kit Kat? Honestly, upon eating it, our Sabra was the first that came to mind. I think that idea of playing off the pineapple and coconut that comes from the Sabro hop, and then that with the melon, you get just a nice uh, influx of juice with a smooth beer, a little bit of booze from being 9% on that beer, too, and it just, I think it would go great together. And what is the style on the Sabro? Uh, it's going to be a double dry hop, 9% IPA. Okay. Do you think a DDH IPA in general would pair with this, or is there something special in your Sabro? This batch of Sabro that is uh, being sold currently is especially juicy. So I think extra because juicy. Of, it's is it extra juicy? Ju- yes, it's it is. Tim <laughs> juicy. Yes, it is. It's extremely Absolutely. juicy. Yeah. Well, how about these strawberry chocolate ones? What one do you think you'd pair with that? Honestly, drinking that, I kind of I didn't bring it today, but I thought of our Oasis, our Imperial Stout, where okay. I like that idea of the strawberry and the chocolate playing with I, the rich I, Imperial okay. Stout. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. I, I feel that. Sure. And that's. Sure. I think that would. I would. Uh, if I were if I were picking, it would be either that or the coconut porter. And mm-hmm. I think that any of the other ones you get, like the big ones, the Dame beer or the pastry ones, you'd lose. The niceness of that, that strawberry chocolate. I like that one. Dame beer is its own dessert in its own. Yeah, so. exactly. It doesn't need any. Paired help. with nothing, right? Yeah. 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 Paired with happiness, which is usually happiness. what comes or, with it. Setting in a good or chair. another Dame beer. Yes. yes. And, and then up the floor, most likely. And then a barley yeah. wine cleanser, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> right. Barley wine cleanser. One, two, three, four. palate refresher. Yes. Yeah. That's, you know, I saw a, uh, gosh, I'm going to forget the name now. Was it a Munich wine? 
or something. I need to, you know what? We'll check that and we'll come back to it because okay. I don't want to misquote it. But it was a style I'd never heard of. And Ramsey, I wanted to see if you'd heard of it. So we'll get our details together. I am not familiar with that. So yeah, you have I don't my know attention. if I'm right. We'll figure it I'm out. I'm excited we'll by whatever this there. is. I liked all the other forms of beer that end in wine so far. Right, so right. They're all good. fantastic. And Ramsey, we have a green tea matcha Kit Kat here. What beer are we going to pair up with that? Honestly, this Lake Beer Lager we're drinking now because it, this was light and refreshing to me as well. And it's something I could see myself drinking a couple of Lake beers and eating a couple of those. And that's the, you know, kind of snack at the end of the night. The snack. Okay. Good time. You can't argue with that. Tim, what was your uh, ranking then? I think you had opinions Kit, on my that. Kit Kat ranking. Yeah, what is your Kit Kat rank, ranking <sighs> of the ones we selected? I think I like the green tea one the best. It was okay. a what I would call a clean clean flavor yeah. i enjoyed it very nice uh the strawberry chocolate would have been my second favorite the melon i didn't care for brian i didn't okay. care for i thought it had an artificial taste to it and uh in a previous life uh, my ex-wife and i owned a candle making business and the aroma and flavor of that is almost a dead ringer for a honeydew melon candle that we made so that seems like the right kind of melon overall in terms of yeah. flavor for it I I'm I'm there with you with that being my last my least favorite. I like the strawberry chocolate one the most, but the 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 lingering green tea flavor on the green tea one was very very nice. Okay, it's All very right. very slightly ahead. Jelly, did you get a chance to try any of these? Uh, speaking of jelly, no. Um, I tried yeah. the strawberry and, and the. Sp- <laughs> I just don't like candy with my beer. That's just me. I can't argue with That's that. I, I get that. It's sure. not my thing. What about in your beer? In my beer is different. Okay, but All not right. fair enough. Tasting that. It's just, maybe I'm getting traumatized. So if I pureed it a little bit, and <laughs> just dumped oh it in God. the beer, be in the beer. Yeah. Be without me knowing, maybe without even yeah. knowing. Hold on, I'm gonna get Sean O'Keefe on the line. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll get a mute device. Let's in there. get this pond This could happen. Yes, that's yeah. it. You know what? I'm just gonna create that phrase when you throw your cereal or your fruit. Or, it's called pontoon. It's been pontooned. Let's get this beer pontooned. <laughs> yeah. So, that's Sean, you're welcome. Yeah. You're welcome. You're free to use that. Well, Tim, I think it might be time for the beers of the week. Brian, as always, great list of beers to get into. We want to thank our friends at The Nest for sponsoring this segment. The Nest Barbecue Craft Beer, downtown Kennesaw, Georgia. You should go check them out, man. Good stuff. Whether you want ribs, you want the smoked chicken wings, and you know you do. Try out those nachos. Good stuff. Go check out The Nest in Kennesaw. So, Cherry Street, we're drinking your beers this week. I hope so. We're going to get all the Cherry Street beers. We have the Sabro, which, as we've mentioned, is a DDH, D-I-P-A, we're going to get into the Lake Beer Lager. We are getting into the Lake Beer we Lager are. right now. We have one called the Strawberry Side of the Moon, which is a Berliner with strawberries and blackberries, and Irie Hop, which is a double dry hopped double IPA. So a couple DDHD IPAs mm-hmm. there, right? Beer Twitter got a little upset about the... All the IPAs? DIPAs this week, didn't they? That's right. I think it what started it all off is somebody tweeted, it's like, instead of making your 12th IPA, how about making something else? And I don't know why, but everybody grabbed that. And that single tweet off of that one account has like 9,000 comments and likes to it. And everything else that they've tweeted that I noticed was like one or two likes or comments on it. Did you follow the conversation in detail, the beer Twitter conversation? I did not. I just saw a few posts on it. Yeah, it's initially people were agreeing with it. And then people were saying, hey, we're being too uptight about things and and I think what it really boiled down to is breweries got to do with sells. I mean, when it comes down to it, a lot of people acknowledge that the after this went on for several days and to the point of everybody was sick of it, they said, well, you can't stop making IPAs. You, your brewery will go out of business because that's what sells. That's what people are drinking. Now, loggers are picking up. Yes, I, I agree with what you're saying. Brew what sells, Brian. But 
I disagree with the premise that breweries are only making IPAs. Oh, they're not. I yeah. mean, if I think you it go depends to on the any market. brewery, DJ Jelly, we met you down at Atlantucky Brewery, Nappy Roots Brewery that is here. Correct. And they had a jalapeno. Um, Was it a pale ale? Jalapeno pale no, ale on. Yeah. They have a very nice milk stout yep. that they put on there. They had, I can't even remember all the styles, but those guys are diversified down there. Mm-hmm. And you could say that just about anywhere else that you go. That mile high. Right. Wow. And what's the mile high one? That, um, that's, that's the pale ale. Okay. See, it's and crisp. But, you know, I think people have misconceptions once they start getting in, into beers. They're like, IPA. Well, give me IPA. That's what, on pe- you know, people are just not right. in it. That's yeah. the first thing come out of their mind. And they do and still get a lot of hype. So, you know, the hype makes it seem like it's there. If you go say you brew your, you, hey, we just got a new Maybach. Like six people get excited over <laughs> exactly. that. Exactly. Six people. That's it. And, and what? And one and of them is not are, Rick Ross. Five of them are in the room here. Right. <laughs> well, definitely not Rick Ross. Right. <laughs> Different story there altogether. I mean, so. an IPA there is like a style of barbecue. Just to add one more thing. It's like certain yeah. people like certain styles, but there's enough differentiation across the world that it, you can't get bored with it. You can always find a new little niche or corner of something going on with it. Right. But if you are listening to this show and you are of the mindset that all breweries brew is IPAs, go to your local brewery. That's all it's going to take. And that's the one thing I was going to say. If it, When I've seen Cherry Street on the shelf, a lot of times I see the IPAs. If you go to their tap room, they've got pages of not IPA mm-hmm. things and a lot of things that are very, very not IPA. Like it's the vast majority of it is non-IPA, at least the last time I was mm-hmm. there. So you can't really judge by what might be sitting on the shelf because they're going to pick up what they think is the hot thing. Sure. And right now, IPAs are still kind of the hot thing. Yeah, you may have to look for it, but it's out there. Yeah, it it's is. there if you look for it. Indeed. Yeah. You're listening to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We need to take a break, but we'll be back very soon with more from Cherry Street. It's great to see our community coming back to life. The cold weather is fading away, and it's time to enjoy the greatest patio in Kennesaw. Join us at The Nest and spend some time with family, have a beer with a neighbor, or simply celebrate the end of another day. Make a reservation at thenestkennesaw.com for Sunday brunch and enjoy an overloaded Bloody Mary. At The Nest, you'll find smiling faces, great barbecue, and 48 taps of local craft beverages. Don't forget, our outdoor space is perfect for your four-legged best friend. We look forward to seeing you soon at The Nest. Follow the Beer Guys on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Your revolution is over, Mr. Lebowski. Condolences. The bomb's lost. Now, back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. Welcome back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. Remember, all episodes are available on demand, so if you missed the broadcast, get the podcast. Beer Guys Radio is available on the Podcast Park and all popular and unpopular podcasting apps. Now, let's get back to Cherry Street Brewing and DJ Jelly. And DJ Jelly. Cherry Street, we're going to get to you in just a minute, man. We're sipping your beer right now. We just opened up your... Groovy child, groovy child. And you said this is, we got a little hops in our life now, right? Yes. So this is going to be a blonde ale that was infused with guava puree and then dry hopped with El Dorado. All right. Well, let's do this then. Were they guava Kit Kats by any chance? They were not. Okay. But we'll do that bad. next year. Don't do it. DJ Jelly, man. Yes. Thanks for joining us. Coming up here, as we mentioned a little bit in our first segment, uh, we met you hanging out down at Atlantucky Brewing. That is correct. Uh, you were DJing there, amazingly right. enough. Nappy hours. Some good tunes. Roots. 
Absolutely. But this, uh, that was not your first time DJing, <laughs> correct? <laughs> no, 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 not yeah. at all. Yeah. So you, did I hear the 90s? You got started in the 90s? In the early 90s, college days, you okay. know, that was the like heyday of, uh, you know, hip hop, you know, yeah. just everything yeah. like Southern hip hop, East Coast hip hop, everything was opening up across the board. France, it was just that yeah. time. Right. When everything started spreading. It was going, man. It was a good time. See, I... I'm a little bit older than even even like the Nappy Roots guys talking to them. You know, I started with, uh, you know, Dougie Fresh. Okay. And, and all yeah. of those, you know, back both. some of okay. the really, the really OGs right. in the rap game. Correct. Here and that, but coming up through the, the 90s and that. But, uh, Brian, you were saying before we went on, so you've worked with a lot of the big names. Who are What have been some of your most memorable moments? I mean, speaking of Dougie Fresh, I mean, I've done, I did a uh, birthday party with him, a private one, like two years ago. He, he and Moni Love, and I was just rocking with him. Yeah. Um, uh, LL Cool J, I've spun for him. Um, of course, my claim to fame as a DJ, my first claim to fame was basically breaking um, the music in Southern hip-hop, like Outkast. Yes. You know, going on tour with Goody Mob, being their first DJ, road DJ. Uh, Bubba Sparks' first road DJ. Um, and then later, just, you know, developing the first all-rap Atlanta show on radio. Um, in the mid '90s, and then eventually going on to being a part of production team where uh, Big Room Records, where we put out the Kid Walk It Out, DJ Unk, uh, Flow Rider Low, we produced that, and just several things, a lot of behind the scenes. Um, man, it's just been a crazy journey. That sounds awesome, That's man. And, tra- and traveling around the world doing this as yeah, well, you know, right. it's like crazy. Like, okay, this started in our living room, and now we're in Japan. You know, it's just crazy stuff like that. Absolutely. That's, I mean, we haven't went around the world with Beer Guys Radio yet, yeah. but even oh, you like. you will. But you will. It, yes, there. It's about to happen. Speak it, believe right. it, man. It is about to believe happen. Believe it. But, you know, even for us, we go to Denver for GABF. We go down to Florida, and we're like, we're working right now. Yeah, that's we're good. Ta- we're drinking and talking about beer, and this is this is work. That's right. You know, <laughs> feel a little dirty yeah. saying it, but, <laughs> yeah. you know, but talking about, uh, you know, just kind of the origins of this stuff and, and, and Nappy Roots, I was watching the Kanye documentary on Netflix, and Good I'm going through, and then all of a sudden, down at the bottom, it's like Nappy Root Studio. And he walks in there, and Fish Scales is like, oh, come on in. And this was, I, I watched more and listened more. Apparently, this was the part part of Kanye's career when he was about to lose really? it. Yeah. And that he was doing beats for other people. Right. And so he's in there. Kanye's in there with Nappy Roots guys doing beats for their tracks. Skinny, in there. Scales. Yeah. 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 yeah I was, like, was cool. I'm like, I know these guys. Yeah. That's right. I know these guys. It's just crazy I mean, they've been stuff. around, but you got to think about with Nappy Roots. I mean, in the hip-hop community, once they broke off and started doing beer, everybody was like, wow. Right. Like, it was yeah. Yeah. it was unheard of. We Everyone was like, wow, this was like at least 10 years ago. At least. Yeah. That was amazing. That's, I mean. Um, Kudos to them. Yeah. Skinny was rapping about Red Stripe. He back, was back that's in right, the day, man. So, and you know they've moved it up, but it's been very cool. We've talked. I've talked to you know the Nappy Roots guys. We had the um, what's the group that came in to talk about diversity? I forget. The brothers, uh, oh, leaders of the Bruce Le- School, leaders of the Bruce School, School. Yeah. So we had them in here, but Atlanta. You know when they talking about diversity and inclusion in craft beer, I think we're ahead of the curve here, and I think we can be an example for other areas because we do have a very diverse, diverse brewing scene. Oh, absolutely. We have several black owned breweries already Yeah, more coming along now. And then you get someone like nappy roots that already has a presence. They can get it out there. It's, it's pretty awesome it. stuff, man. And uh, shout out to Ailes Sharpton. We have Ailes Sharpton. That is the man. And, um, and I say that to him because for me, he started helping me articulate what I like. Good. So okay. that was the thing. This, and this was over, I don't know, six, seven years ago. 
like really articulate. Like he start breaking down things. He's like a scientist. I'm like, okay, yeah, you're right. Yeah, those type, those are notes. Okay, you know, just. Shouts out to him, man. He's the OG, OG uh, Georgia beer influencer, basically. And journalist. And that's, you know, like you said, we were talking before about, you know, how I was just curious where you were on your beer journey here. And you kind of said, I know what I like. You know, I know the flavors I enjoy. And I love to sit around and drink a beer and not think about the flavors. But I also enjoy sitting down and just really talking. Hey, man, what notes do you get on this? We were doing that with Kit Kats earlier. Yeah, we were. Oh so that can be fun, but it's also nice to just sit down and have a beer, you know? Absolutely. So, and, and getting around guys like L. Sharpton and talking that. And I've seen, you know, I got, to, we met Nappy Roots early in their brewing journey. They were already beer drinkers. And to see what they've learned and grown, we brewed with them in their garage when they were doing their test batches. Oh, and yeah. Stuff. In yeah. the garage, the infamous That's garage. Right. And it's been amazing, you know, yep. just seeing. So there's just so much cool stuff happening in beer. And it's not all IPAs, Ramsey. <laughs> that, it's not all IPAs, I think Ramsey. calling it just a garage undersells it. It looks like a it garage does. on the outside, but yeah. from inside, it, that was pretty decked it's out. A brew pub, that was, wasn't it, it was a brew pub. It was, yeah. it was a cool place to hang, and it had serious equipment. And I, when you saw that, you're like, all right, these guys are definitely open. Gold right. albums on yeah. the wall. Yeah, exactly. Gold out, a couch. Yeah, you know? right. Yeah, if you and we did a podcast there as well. Yeah, yeah. So good times, man. Good yeah. times. Have you hung out with the uh, Atlantucky guys yet? Any collaborations in the works, Ramsey? Uh, we're trying to get a hold of them to set okay. something up, actually. And then I've met them a couple of times here, actually. Oh, uh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. Right. Of course, yeah. of course. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So and then saw them at Pontoons Festival that was back okay. in September too. Right. So talked to them a little bit there. Good stuff, man. Cherry Street Brewing, Ramsey. We go back many, many, many years. Mm-hmm. Our partners, Iron Marger Brewing, you would work with them in the past. You were here. That's, you know, we hung out beer festivals and as you've gone on now with Cherry Street, again, one of our favorite breweries, just doing good stuff. And uh, so what's up with Cherry Street, man? What's the latest and greatest with Cherry Street? Uh, so as you know, we opened North Shore back in January, which is on the brewery side. So the tap room now coming. North Shore. Remember, we go out all. Of, I don't know where North Shore is. Yeah. So that's so. in Chattanooga, Tennessee, Chattanooga, on the, Tennessee. Oh, on there the North go. Shore Island, in the sense that it's a little isolated to the locals. Okay. So yeah, we have a facility in Chattanooga. Uh, the tap room's been open. The restaurant we're hoping to have open by the end of next month. Uh, it's just a matter of getting the build out, contractors, all the fun stuff that goes with renovations and building. Good stuff. Yeah. Uh, so we've been doing that. We started self-distribution in Tennessee and then also signed a distributor in Tennessee. So it's been a process of opening up that market. And then we have expanded exponentially in Georgia as well. So what was for the longest time with us, uh, allocation brewery, if you will, where we were in high demand, but making such small amounts of beer, we're now in a bigger production facility, making beer and trying to spread it out as far and wide as we can. You're right. Now you have two locations in Georgia now, right? Yes. A in Alpharetta, place called Halcyon, yes, brew pub in the original location up in Cumming, Georgia, yes, Vickery Village. All right, and then Chattanooga, Tennessee, yes. Does it stop there, Ramsey? Does it stop there? There will be a four, but four is not even a thought right now. Okay, uh, right gotcha. now it's like we are utilizing the same strategy we did with Halcyon, which is yeah. let's get this open, let's grow it, and then let's see where it takes us. See, now I have to apologize because when we were chatting, I thought you said people. I I thought that you were telling me. We were going to find out the fourth location. No, so that's what I use to market the show and tell people to listen. So, so when, I, I've, I'm a liar, Brian. Well, in the last time we talked, then we actually talked to him at a festival, maybe last year. I'm not sure exactly when it was. We were talking about. I think he said something effective. Everybody asks about the fourth location. I'm like, 
I don't want to ask about the fourth location. I want to know where number five is coming in. Where's number five coming He's in? He's skipping the Brian. Yeah, just skipping. I just skipped number four. Completely. Ignore him, Ramsey. There are certainly some cities and markets we've talked about and we have our eye on, uh, but there's not anything publicly we want to even plant that seed yet. Not time for that just mm-hmm. yet, huh? Well, All there right. is a city called Atlanta. You might, I mean, you just stay with me here. You might look into it. It's, is that in the state? I'm not familiar. Uh, yeah, the, never never you know, heard of it. It's, it's never barely it. inside of Georgia. Just okay. barely. Oh, so it's, it's you might look into it. They do like beer there. So oh, okay. just yeah. give it some time. Good, good, good. Well, you know what, y'all? We're going to take a break here. Since this has been a food-themed show, when we come back, we're going to talk peppers with Cherry Street Brewing. most award-winning brewery east of the Mississippi has come to Atlanta. Iron Hill Brewery and Restaurant is now serving in Dunwoody at Perimeter Mall and in Buckhead on Peachtree near Phipps Plaza. Serving a variety of menu items from a completely scratch kitchen plus craft beer brewed 10 feet from your table. You have to try their cheese steak egg rolls paired with a signature craft beer. Iron Hill Brewery and Restaurant serving Atlanta in Buckhead and Dunwoody. Drop in today or make a reservation or place a pickup or delivery order at ironhillbrewery.com. Brian and Tim, the beer guys. If you're like us, no lunch or dinner is complete without a pint or two of craft beer. Which is why Truck and Tap in downtown Woodstock, Alpharetta, and Duluth are always on our list. Tim, why do they call it Truck and Tap? Well, the tap part is easy, Brian. They've got 18 of them. As for the truck part, that's where it gets interesting. Truck and Tap features your favorite Atlanta-area food trucks, so you're getting a different menu every day. Truck and Tap in downtown Woodstock, Alpharetta, and Duluth. Truckandtap.com. Let them know that the beer guys sent you. Follow the Beer Guys on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Back off, man. I'm a scientist. Now, back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. Welcome back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. I want to give a quick shout-out to one of our great radio affiliates, WMXI 98.1 FM in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Catch Beer Guys Radio on WMXI every Saturday at 9 p.m. Now let's get back to Cherry Street and DJ Jelly. Quick trivia. What brewery? Is in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Oh, do, 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 do. oh, um, oh, is this is Southern Prohibition? It is. It is. Yes. Okay, cool, cool. Southern Prohibition. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. Ramsey, we are currently drinking your dark side of the strawberry moon. We had your groovy child here that's got a little guava action in it. So we see some fruitiness happen, and we know hops can bring fruit notes into beers as well. You guys use some fruits, but peppers. We're going to peppers. be part of there's going to there's a festival coming up for peppers soon, correct? Yes. So to back up a little bit at the start of the pandemic is with everyone, you found a lot of idle time to, you know, fill in different ways with personal hobbies. One of that of most of the staff at Cherry Street was creating their own hot sauces for what oh. started is just passing time, then quickly became an internal competition of who could make each other cry more. OK, uh, who can the, cause more pain? There, yeah. Huh? And, OK. What is the favorite or the preferred pepper of choice in these blends or are they all across the board? Uh, it's all across the board. It's all different and they're all grown within like each other's gardens. Uh, oh. For a while at our warehouse, Nick actually had about a dozen different peppers growing. Okay. They were used in a variety of different beers. If you guys tried the triple X Cortex that was released last year, that was all locally grown peppers that were done in our warehouse that were then infused into it. Uh, which Crazy. is one of the spiciest beers I've ever had. Uh, and that stemmed from people told us we weren't making spicy enough beer, so they went to the most extreme they could, where uh, they gave me a tank pour, actually, and I was talking to an account. Like, literally, I had them at the Vickery Bar, and I'm sitting there 
trying okay. to sell him something yeah. and they gave me a little three ounce shot of it. I downed it thinking it was a pastry stout and then proceeded to cough like I was choking on bones. Like it was hot, hot. Lit you and up, then, huh? And then I like heat, but this was uncomfortable heat where I literally had to go chug milk, like just someone that couldn't handle their heat. Like I felt very ashamed and it was not good, but uh, it was one of those. Where <laughs> but you got to do what you got to do, man. Yeah. Yeah. But so that spawned this whole idea of we love heat and we wanted to create a festival that's going to show hot food and hot beer. And we want to collaborate with a bunch of different people from all walks, from restaurants to individuals to other breweries that love this enthusiasm we have for peppers. For peppers, huh? Yeah. Jelly, what are your thoughts on on hot foods and hot beers? Hot foods, I love. Hot beers, I haven't really, my my palate hasn't actually just settled with them yet. I haven't, okay. I like it to be a little bit more subtle. I mean, I like things that have maybe grapefruit more round. Um, if, if there are a little peppers to it, just a little bit. Just a little bit. That's not the crazy. Don't get crazy. I'm not. I want to enjoy my beer. See, I am. I'm a medium heat kind of guy. Give me a little bit of heat there. I don't. I don't want crazy. You know, I've got friends that when they go out for wings, they just say, "Give me whatever the hottest ones you have." Is just blanket. No, no, I'm not about that. I I, I've always thought heat is a flavor, and some, and it probably has to do a little bit with the uh, the peppers. Sometimes, like hot foods, because of the heat, I can't stop eating. I don't. Mm -hmm. I just really fixate on that hotness is a flavor which doesn't make any sense to me at all but it completely works for me it's hotness a complicated a flavor hot beers just just heat in general usually with food junk. it's usually with food not so much I beer I, i'm actually kind of i'd rather taste a really well presented pepper flavor in a mm -hmm. beer than than the actual heat like the uh the Don Jalapeno, I think it's not yeah. even made anymore. I don't That's think a, they make it anymore. Wonderful. I think it was, a, it was just a jalapeno amber. It was a beautiful expression of the flavor of the jalapeno pepper with just a tiny little heat to remind you that it is, in fact, a pepper. That there's Love a pepper that. There. Love yeah. that. I thought that was wonderful. We did a homebrew thing that was kind of like did. that. Yeah. It was, they did half of the peppers were just green and half were fire roasted. So you got kind of both mm -hmm. both layers up there, but it was fun. So You know who does like the hot pepper beers, though? Skinny DeVille. Skinny does. He Skinny DeVille. Big fan of those. Yep, yep. Habaneros, bring the heat. He's all about it. Sure Indeed. enough. Now, do you guys have any pepper beers? You said you did some. Was this just like small batch on tap kind of stuff? Have you... Uh, so the triple X Cortez, the killer that was released, was a bottle release that was at Vickery, and we did a normal size batch of it where they infused a full bourbon barrel with like a, I think it was like four or five different peppers. Uh, so for Pepperfest, there will be a bunch of different beers by us and whoever else wants to collaborate, and like that will be a feature of being able to come to this festival. Uh, this will be at Vickery Village, and we want it to be. No one knows what like. Half the country doesn't know where Vickery Village is. So it's in Coming, Georgia, our first there location. Go. There we go. I'm sorry. They, yeah. that, now we've triangulated it. Vickery Village, Coming, Georgia, yeah. Pepper Festival. When's the Pepper Fest? Uh, we're shooting for October. So when it cools down a little bit, come get hot. Which yeah, there you go. You've got a marketing slogan. It's yeah. cooling down. Yeah. Come heat up. Come I mean, no up. one wants. To, okay, I'll back up. I will certainly eat the spiciest thing in the world on the hottest day in the world, and I've done that in different parts of the world and loved it. But I think for most people, it's going to be a fall or winter type of event to offset. Georgia eat. Yeah, and I think you do have to kind of appeal to the masses. So we've talked about kind of a similar thing with beer styles. It's like in the heat of the summer, how many people want a 13.9% barrel-aged stout? Right. Yes. Ramsey raises his hand. It's like, I'm not going to let – I may I may drink more. DJ Jelly's shaking his head. You're not I going for – I was going to say, I'm not going to do it. I love styles, but not in the summer. What if the okay. air conditioning is really on or it's really blasting? Don't worry, might, Anakin. You might, you'll you find still, the dark you, side soon it, enough. It, that would work. 
That would actually work. Yeah, See? that that would work. It, not so much in the studio today because it's a little it's a little warm in the studio today. Yeah, it, it is a little toasty in here. Maybe not today. Another day, possibly. You're gonna hit though. that turning point in the same way. Once you find the rabbit hole of lambics, you will never go back. And okay, it's like yeah. that's part of the like journey. It. I'm excited like for you and your journey because you, once you get there and get sucked into that vortex, everything will change. There it is. Now, have you seen the chart talking about the evolution of a beer geek? Yeah. Like it starts out as an infant drinking or a monkey, I think, drinking lagers. And it's like lagers, IPAs, stouts, sours. Then it comes back down to lagers. About, uh, back down to lagers. Oh, it's full circle. I mean, full circle. it's a circle yeah. of life. I especially think the longer you work directly in alcohol, the more the crazier stuff after a really long day, you just don't want to look at you want I something simple. Never used to understand it when I would talk to brewers back when we were home brewing. We we're just avid. We're going nuts with the stuff. And then we, we talked to them about what they drink. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just, you know. High life. I, drink high life. I like a high life. <laughs> what on earth? Yeah. How are you you're making? You're surrounded by all this spirit drinking high life. I get it now. Our, I, I kind of uh, get it. Our operations manager will wear a Coors Banquet hat like his life depends on it. You can't pull that thing off his head. And if you do, I'm pretty sure you'll get punched. Yeah. Like He's that loyal to that brand and loves it. All right. Maybe his head Look. comes off with it. It is actually <laughs> That attached. would explain a lot, actually. Yeah. <laughs> It's, yeah, he just flips the whole thing with his head there. So something I wanted to ask about this beer, Inspire, we were we were talking about it in between segments. There's a fair amount of fruit in this. How do you add that? Because uh, fruit is a big concern with bottle bombs, basically, fermentation and keeping things cold. Is this added, like when you're adding fruits, is that... Pre the the before the ending of the fermentation is it just before package like how does this work? Uh, it's gonna get fruited during secondary and then they're gonna let the fermentation finally ride its way down to its final gravity. Okay, and so then they're gonna condition it a little longer just to make sure there's no extra fermentation or surprises. Uh, and then essentially we know because of how that tank is when it's carbonated, there's only a certain amount we can pull out for package before it's essentially a smoothie sour at the bottom of it. Uh, there's usually a keg or two that's extra chunky in the sense of there's a lot more fruit and like that is the smoothie sour keg. And we'll usually keep that in house just because again, we want a consistency across of more control around your serving there. Yeah. Yeah. And it also comes down to, you just don't, when you get into distribution and this was something earlier where, uh, that's something I think about all the time. It's hard to control what someone will do with your beer when you don't have control of it. Right. Uh, and one of the biggest things I've come across is seeing now self distro versus distribution with distributors. They're both, awesome in the sense of working and getting beer out to mass people but it kind of completely changes that strategy of what you're doing and how long you want something to sit or be available before you pull the plug on it okay yeah i I think you have to assume when you're putting beer out into market that it's not going to be treated exactly the way you want it to i think a lot of people insist on it but you have to assume it's going to spend some time warm someplace my philosophy for a few weeks yeah my philosophy is murphy's law i can't do anything about it yeah exactly right Exactly. Is that Murphy's Law? I yeah. thought Murphy's Law was if something if bad it can go happen, wrong, if it can go it wrong, will. which means I can't wrong. do anything about it. Well, I'm not sure that's the way that works, Ramsey. But you know, whatever works for you, man. <laughs> well, you have done something about it by let's call it, it Ramsey's Law. Ramsey's Law. I can't I like do Ramsey's anything law. about it. I can't. That's all there is to it. I can't do anything about it. So, or the what is the Irish prayer? <laughs> something like that they uh let me know that the, no 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 what's the one let me know the change things i can change and i think that's that. the alcoholic anonymous yeah. Nate says <laughs> you just yeah. gave an aa slogan <laughs> that's it's it. an aa slogan they just said i don't have time to pray here. Okay, we're gonna have to go. take a break you're listening to the beer guys radio show we'll be back right after this Have you visited Ironmonger Brewing recently? 
Take a trip and see the newly renovated and spacious tap room or enjoy the outdoors in their new beer garden with plenty of seating and shade to ease that summer sun. Ironmonger's Tap Room has a variety of craft beer and hard seltzer on tap with wine and spirits coming soon. Ready for a bit of adventure? Try out axe throwing with Ironmonger's 16 target range. It's a perfect spot for some quick fun or to host your next party or corporate event. So grab your friends and have some fun today at Ironmonger Brewing. Have you ever thought about owning your own brewery but don't know what it takes to get one built? We're Storytime Construction, and we build breweries. We're Georgia's most experienced and hands-on contractors when it comes to building new breweries and tap rooms or expanding existing breweries. We offer full build-outs, remodeling, and additions, as well as consulting and construction management. Give us a call at 770-733-4343. Storytime Construction. We build breweries. the beer guys on facebook twitter and instagram now back to the beer guys radio show welcome back to the beer guys radio show if you enjoy the show please consider supporting us on patreon just go to patreon.com slash beer guys patrons get cool perks like beer guys swag and commercial free episodes now let's get back to cherry street brewing and dj jelly yes let's do that you know we cracked open a little this was my last spot no i have one more at home brian oh you got another one but uh DJ Jelly, you said you had not tried this. This is the Humdinger, which was a collaboration stout with uh, Monday Night Brewing and Nappy Roots before yep. they opened their brewery. So we decided to open one up. What do you think of this one? I mean, I like it. It's, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's thick, which is fine. I, I mean, I don't know. There's a little bit of bourbon in it as well. There's, I there's, think this is bourbon barrel aged, isn't it? Yeah. It definitely yeah, has a, a lot of like, richness to it. Humdi- it's kind of sticking to me right now. It's okay. like. In the best way, right? In the best way. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It's Good holding stuff. up well for a beer that's <laughs> basically is. four years now old. It has I think stayed at this point. in yeah. our beer fridge. So yeah. you know, we've kept that's it cool there. But the infamous beer fridge. I still the beer fridge. The beer fridge. I still have the glassware for this, at least yeah, one one glass too. of it. I really like the glassware. And the bottle was cool too. It and is. the beer is good. So it is. all around. Absolutely. Yeah. DJ Jelly, next question yes, for sir. you, man. I'm gonna use this to uh, lead into the next Cherry Street topic. Sour beers, wild beers. What do you think of those? Sour beers are okay, especially if it's like extremely hot. Like if I'm okay. out sweating, and I would just say, you know, I'll start off with that or end it with it. You know, okay. if I'm at a, on a hot concert, you know, just out here having fun. Yeah, that's how I do sours. Now, see, now that you said that, you could start or end with it. I want you to plan a beer playlist, man. A beer I want playlist. to say if you're if you're out, let's say backyard barbecue, four mm-hmm. hours on a Saturday. Mm-hmm. The the beer playlist you're gonna start here. I'm gonna start with Will Smith Summertime. Okay. All right. There you go. I'm just saying that All right. hey, but still, still. And I might end it with uh Bohemian Rhapsody. Okay, oh, okay. Pretty but, much. Man, because I everybody see? will be doing a karaoke about it. We'll be full of beer and just having fun. But you have to have instructions on the beer to drink with the song too. So you gotta work on oh, yeah. I like yeah, that. Look at this. Yeah, there exactly. There he goes. That's it. I man. love it. And I, love I it. you know what? My mind is a flurry. Because we started with summertime and ended with Bohemian Rhapsody, I'm ready for the ride, DJ Jelly. Because okay. that's got to be a ride in between there. But right? I like how you put yeah. that in there, staring yeah. and all that. That is very. That's it. My, man. I like that. It's challenge. Be a good time. My head, my brain is all McFlurry yeah. as well, Tim. <laughs> See, you could do that uh, when you do your events with your breweries and stuff, man. You could be yes. like, "Look, this yeah. is what I got here, and this is the beer that the playlist you want to pair this beer." With this playlist. I love so, it. I yeah. love it. We're all over it here, man. Ooh, We're all over I love it. it. <laughs> Sour and wild beers. There's a lot of variety there, right, Ramsey? Uh, 
Metric. <laughs> yeah, what? <laughs> Metric. What? <laughs> yes. So you start with a little kettle sour beer, you know, a Berliner, Lambics and Gooses and Flanders and oh my. Oh my, oh my, oh my. Oh my. So Cherry Street does a, a they dabble in a little bit of all of that, correct? Uh, until very recently, no. So, okay. I mean, we were not doing mixed fermentation. Uh, the majority of sours that were being made were kettle sours. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then until essentially this release that's coming up, Laurel is our first mixed fermentation sour where we were using essentially spontaneous culture and also introducing wild yeast into the process with it. Uh, so for us, it became a project of passion and something where we just more than anything and use patience just to wait and see what happened. Uh, it also helped that kind of with the flow of the pandemic in the beginning, it's like it was set to the side and we let time do its thing with it. I think here's a theory. Y'all stick with me. I think the pandemic in the long run did great things for craft beer. Oh, you do? Because okay. here's why. Here's my theory on this. Because breweries could do stuff like, well, we're slow. Let's brew a Flanders. So, you know? uh, well, we also released a barley wine called Unknown Impact, where literally they took everything we had when the pandemic started and they brewed a batch, not knowing if we were going to be open. Like, no one knew what was going to happen. Knows, so, man. the concept of it was literally F it. Let's put everything we have into this barley wine. Maybe we'll get to drink it. Maybe we won't. And then yeah. time just happened. And then we were like, oh, we have like literally 67 barrels worth of beer we haven't looked at in two years. Let's begin to go through it. And for us, it's changed the game for us where for moving forward this year there will be a abundance of barrel age releases coming out that yeah. we're all super excited about see that's it and that's my point brian is brewers did smaller batches they did sure. special releases i know brewers that emptied some barrels they'd been holding because they're like let's sell this because yeah there's an unknown impact here mm-hmm. you know let's sell this we need to turn this into money to stay open right yes yeah. so for the palate for the craft beer consumer for the craft beer palate i think brewers messed around with lagering because they had open tanks. True. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There, there's my there's my theory on that, Brian. I mean, the other strategy was trying to funnel people for in-state. So local breweries were trying to get everyone to go to their tap room. Uh, when the pandemic started, I worked for a distributor, and the influx of just crazy, out-of-this-world, amazing beers we were getting blew my mind every week. Yeah. We did. That was insane. There was a bunch of stuff heading towards a big beer fest in, in, in town. You could go to your package store, and you could buy it off the shelf, which was insane. That yeah. was That was an interesting side effect of that. It's, it was not some, ideal. I mean, it hurt folks in the process. But for me, I got some stuff that, in cans that I, I'm just unlikely to get anytime soon. I mean, imagine opening your beer fridge. For me, I had Bissell Brothers. I had Block 15. Right. There was Parish. There was Untitled yeah. Art. There was all this stuff coming in where, again, you were just like, I, I don't know if I ever will see this again. I'd be happy to rewind and not do the pandemic but have all that beer again we gotta get we got a few no not do it like we would like that wouldn't happen can we not do the pandemic well that's what i was saying i was saying no pandemic get all that beer there now we'd have had to go to the festival and see all those people and wait in line to get the beer oh so. my gosh yeah, we would have had to done that too people and festivals and all I that know. so but getting back to uh laurel that's that's new is that that's the kickoff of a whole new mi- mixed fermentation type of thing for cherry street yeah, right? laurel is the mark of a giant change in philosophy where originally when we opened our chattanooga location we thought we'd do distribution out of our coming location as well as the chattanooga location and then we realized we can take our coming location that become barrel aging for stouts and barley wines and other strong ales as well as start a mixed fermentation and spontaneous fermentation program uh, and but so moving all the clean beer if you will up to tennessee allowed that uh, production space to be able to begin to do that. And that's what's about to happen for us where 
we're about to start a regular production of sours and barrel aged beers that I'm super excited that will go into distribution. Instead of only going to Cherry Street location to find it now, you're going to start to see it out on shelves. So where is the cool ship going? I've seen that location up and up and coming. It's not a huge place. So where are you? Where are uh, there's you not that a cool ship, ship okay. right now, but there's a fooder, if you will. And it's okay. like that fooder has been there for since 2018. They bought it at CBC in 2018, and it's been inoculated with a ton of different cultures. Um, so one of our seller men actually is in the process of starting his own brewery. His name's Britt. He uh, is going to open Frameship Fermentation, and he's going to be an integral part as well in helping us start this process for us too. So we're super excited to be able to begin to start these style of beers. That's fun stuff. That man. is very cool. Yeah. Britt too, think he's joined us yeah. on the show. Frame, yes. Frameship Fermentation, as uh, Ramsey mentioned. I did read a hot take uh, on Twitter because I've been looking at Tell hot takes on Twitter. Hot take. that, that says that actually cool ships are a little ridiculous and an anachronism and that we have better technology to achieve the same thing that's more efficient and that cool ships are outdated and should no longer be used and they're a gimmick at best. That was a hot take. Wow. What do you think of that? Because this is kind of heresy right now, and I don't uh, want to be burned I'm at the mad stake. At this person already. Yeah. So if, yeah. if I can, if I can reference another brewery we've not talked about today, uh, one that's blown my mind is Baroque Brewing out of Nashville, Tennessee. Barique, correct. Yeah, Barique, Barique, excuse Barique. me. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. But essentially, their dedication to that tradition of aging stuff and ambient temperature in a barrel is classic, and it's like you see a quality that I think is missing in a lot of places today. Well, Barique will tell you straight up that. They're like basically they brew beer they want to drink and it, mm-hmm. and then they can let's see if we can sell it. It's, it's you know basically <laughs> wow. hey we got together to brew what so we want home to drink. brewers professionally yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they went to, it's funny that I've heard a few brewers like that that have said you know really being a successful brewery wasn't even really our goal we just at Green Lion Brews not far up from where we oh, live yeah. here yeah they're a tiny tiny brewery but how they started their brewery is one guy's wife got mad that his homebrewing was taking over the space too much <laughs> and kicked him out. So him and three buddies decided to get a brewer's license. And so, and they're like, it just became kind of their clubhouse. They built a clubhouse. They got all the Go licensing and all that. Go. Yeah. It's good stuff, That's man. Right. You absolutely have to love that. Ramsey, we're about out of time here, but we want to know if people want to know more about what is happening at Cherry Street Brewing, what's going to be the way for them to do that? Uh, we just launched a new, very fancy website, so there's a lot of information on that, and then just follow us on our social media platforms. Perfect. And the Cherry Street Brewing everywhere for yes. your social media? Good stuff. Mm-hmm. DJ Jelly, thank you so much for joining us. Thank if you, folks guys. want to see what is happening with you, what's going to be the way for them well, to do that? Well, you know what? You all can go, go ahead and go to Twitch. Get to Twitch app, which is a gaming app, but a lot of DJs are there now. So you can follow me at Twitch. Uh, forward slash uh, DJ the real DJ Jelly, as well as on TikTok, the real DJ Jelly, as well on TikTok. Somebody smashed up my IG. I'm trying to recover it. So anyway, don't worry about that. Go to TikTok and Twitch. But the real DJ, when you get that fixed the up, real it's DJ the Jelly, re- it'll be the same. The real the DJ real Jelly, T H E R E A L. DJ J E double L Y. Did not know that about Twitch. I'm I'm gonna have to check. Twitch is the spot. All right. I had no idea. Good stuff. We learned something, Brian. We did. We learned something. Well, y'all, that about wraps it up for this episode of the Beer Guys Radio Show. Come and join us next week when we talk to the original 40 Brewing Company. For more craft free info, follow us online. We are Beer Guys Radio on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Have a great week. Thanks for tuning in, and don't forget to drink local. Cheers. Cheers.